0: Welcome to the Prenda Family Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Crapo, and the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the components of empowerment in a conversational, inspirational, and real way. And today is part two of our two-part series of How the Brain Learns. And we're pleased to have again in our podcast, Dr. Claire Honeycutt. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, you'll want to check it out. In it, she gives a ton of great insights on how the brain learns, especially with children. And she also gives us a great contrast between how children and adults learn. And she gives insights that inspire confidence in what we're doing in Brenda. So you'll wanna make sure that you check that one out. But today, she's gonna talk with us about how to stack the deck for learning, which is just another way of saying how to best establish an environment of learning. So Claire, thank you so much for joining us again.
1: Always great to talk to you. So Claire, talk to us
0: about how to stack the deck for learning.
1: So I'm going to say the things that everybody knows and they're going to roll their eyes. (laughs) We're going to try to unpack them and come up with some reasonable reasons uh, or some reasonable tips for how we can we can work on this. So the big three are sleep, exercise and diet. And I think. I think the coolest one and the most fun one to start with is sleep. And I think everyone kind of like sort of knows and sort of gets that sleep's important, but it's so critical for learning. And I think most people don't really know that you're, that you're learning when you're sleeping and that, so they've done all of these amazing studies. I mean, you should look them up. They have some really cool videos on it where they actually watch the brain. And so what they'll have people do is they'll have them practice a task, like some weird typing task or some unusual thing with their hands. And then they'll watch what the brain is doing while they're doing that. And then they'll have them go to sleep and they'll watch what the brain is doing while they're sleeping. And the brain is literally practicing what they were learning during the day on hyperspeed. So whatever you're learning during the day at night, your brain is just like, just running through it like a million miles a minute. And it's just practicing. And so you, when you wake up in the morning, you will be faster and better at the skill than you were when you went to sleep that night. And it's because your your body is doing that when it's sleeping. And I just think that's so magical. And I think it's something that most people don't know is happening. So everyone like gets it. If I don't sleep, I'm like cranky. I don't feel good. Maybe you don't wanna learn, but it's so much more important than just that. Like, yes, 100% your body needs sleep so that you can have like a fresh slate to like start the day. And that's also been true. Like we've also demonstrated that if you are sleep deprived and we're asking you to learn things, you learn like 20% less and you just can't take on more information. So it is critical to get that sleep. And it's also critical to get the sleep after you learn something. So you have to sleep before, so you can put new information in and they have to sleep after. So you can like, remember your body can practice and learn all of that.
0: Claire, what you're saying, and I'm saying this in 100% jest is that all those cartoons I watched growing up, where the character wanted to get smarter and so listened to lectures while sleeping and got smarter? That that really doesn't work. What my brain is actually doing while I sleep is just reprocessing
1: my day. So yeah, so sleep sleep does lots of things. That's just one of the things sleep does. Sleep also um, cleans out. It's like it's like the time where your body like kind of cleanses itself. Um, and the brain. And so that's why you need it to like clean out all the like, so like if you, if you work out and you, you kind of get sore, right. Um, if you work out too hard, perhaps. Um, and so, and that's kind of, that kind of, that happens too. There's byproducts of, of work and your, your neurons, which we talked about in the last episode are talking to each other all the time, particularly for learning. It's new, it's hard. Your your body's like really having to think and, and work hard. And so there's byproducts from that. And so your body has to clean that out and sleep is when it does that. Because if, it, if you're, if you're, if you don't really want your brain shutting down to clean up when you're during the day, really prefer that not to happen.
0: Claire, tell us how sleep is different in children than in adults.
1: Okay. So for children, so children, I think we kind of know this, like children need more sleep than adults. And that links very directly with how much they're learning. Right. It has a lot to do with the fact that they're learning more than adults, not to say that adults aren't learning, but we just talked about in the last episode about how you all these different parts of the brain that are working together and And even almost all the tasks that children are learning. So they're not just learning that task. So, like, as an adult, you might be like, I would like to learn something, I'm going to read a book about it. But a child reading a book about something, okay, well, they're having to, they're having to, they're learning how to read and shape things and figure out new words. And they're having to, you know, think about things. And they're also having to, like, Have that focus, like they're learning. Their prefrontal cortex is learning how to focus. So there's so many things that your the children are trying to do, and so they need this like extra time of rest to process all that great learning and to um, and honestly to grow. And so we've also uh, we know that in both children and adults who are athletes that they need more sleep. So the more you're using your body, it's the same thing. You have to repair. So I don't know if you know this, but when you, when you're strengthening muscles, you're, you're literally breaking fibers and then the body repairs the muscle and it makes it bigger. And that's happening constantly with little kids. They're constantly exploring their Like my, my, my kids are into gymnastics and they're constantly doing something new all the time. They're just doing these new things all the time. And so they need that extra sleep to repair that parts of their body as well. And we've seen that as well with adults. If you're um, if you have just done a marathon, then you need um, more time. So
0: Claire, how does sleep change when you get older?
1: So as I think we all understand that like little kids and like babies, right? They come here just sleeping all the time. Um, It doesn't feel that way in the middle of the night, but they they are doing a lot of sleeping and (laughs) sleeping. And as we get older, we see a consolidation and there's kind of two being really simply putting, there's two different parts of sleep. So you've got this part of the sleep that's doing this repair of the body and the other part of the sleep that's doing This learning piece. That's like REM sleep. People have heard of that. And that's, that's that dreaming part of sleep. And we start to see a consolidation of these things as you get older. And as when kids go from being younger kids into this adolescent period, we also see a shift in their sleep-wake cycle. So For anybody who's got teenagers or like starting that like late middle school into that teenage years, they will start to want to stay up later and they'll want to sleep in more. And that is actually a legitimate thing for them to want to do. It is part of their biology. Um, We actually see that. And they've actually shown they've done really cool, really interesting studies about when they delay the start of high schools that the SAT scores pop up. And, um, and they see a reduction, like a seven, like a huge reduction in like the car, car crashes because a lot of these kids are driving themselves to school. Right. Um, and you get drowsy behind the, by, behind the wheels. So like delaying the shift. So if you start to notice your kids sleeping in more, that is part of that's, that's how they are. And then as you get into adulthood and then like your, your parents and your grandparents situation, they actually. start having less and less of their time. They have a harder and harder uh, time sleeping in general. Um, and that has a lot to do, um, and that's why their body is less able to repair itself and you start to see memory problems. So it's not the whole reason why, but it is part of the reason why is because they don't they don't spend that deep, they don't spend time in that deep, deep sleep to get that repair of the body. Um, and they don't have time, they don't spend as much time in that learning part or that memory part of uh, of sleep.
0: Would older adults then benefit from exercise so that their bodies naturally want to sleep more?
1: Perfect. That's exactly right. In fact, so there's you have these like several like these windows of sleep. So you have like these three hour blocks of time at night, and exercise is what drives you deeper. So, like, because that deep sleep is that reparative sleep, exactly what we talked about before. And you've got to hit the nail on the head that if you have them exercising, then their body is going to naturally want more of that repair. And then it drives their sleep deeper that allows them to tag the pull the cycles together with each other. So like we have three hours, three hours, three hours, and that allows them to get longer sleep. So yeah. So if you've got, if you are an adult that's struggling to sleep or you have a parent that's struggling to sleep, exercise, (laughs) exercise is magical things that people, it's not just about your cardiovascular health, which we can talk about next if you'd like.
0: Yeah. Let's dive into exercise.
1: So I think when we think about exercise, we think about like running on a treadmill or like lifting weights or whatever. And I don't think, anyone really thinks about it as it relates to learning, but actually they've shown time and time again, that the more that if you are exercising, it actually, um, prepares the brain to, um, to learn. So it actually, um, excites the neurons in a way that gets them in the right s- state so that they can actually make better connections with each other. And it also, um, it's a neurotrophins which means that it helps drive up The generation of new neurons for young children in particular, it also happens in older adults. So like we see increases in memory and and those kinds of things when older adults are working out and, and it can be very small things. So like, even if you just like exercise for like 10 minutes, um, you see an immediate boost in memory and learning. And so like, if you've got a kiddo that just like cannot sit still or is just having a cruddy day, send them outside say, go run around the house for like 10 minutes, just go be outside for 10 minutes. And you'd be surprised at how much like, I just can't get this thing. Okay, let's go for a walk. Let's go do something else. Let's go be physical with our body. And it just totally prepares the brain for learning like we were supposed to be doing these things. And then I'll also mention because I think it's relevant. most people know this, but exercise reduces stress and anxiety and depression. And also reduces ADHD symptoms, which is also true of sleep. We I didn't mention that before, like the, the deeper sleep you're getting. Also, um, when they manage sleep for kids, a lot of times that helps with ADHD. Um, also bipolar, when you get to your kids are older, if you have trouble with, with that. So, sorry. You
0: know, it's interesting as you're talking about the benefits of exercise, Claire, and As you say, when your kids are fidgety and they just can't get something, it's best to give them a break and get them an opportunity to exercise. It's almost this intuitive thing where even without knowing the data behind it, you just think, all right, it's time to close the books. Let's go outside. Let's unplug. And it's so validating for me as a mother or for any helpful adult for that matter. And anybody who's helping an apprentice student out there to know that, I have this intuition inside of me that that we all can have this intuition inside of us where we just instinctively know this would be good for our student. And, you know, thinking about myself, I am by no means a special mom. You know, we all have our bad days. Common humanity, you guys. We're all just out there in this together, learning and growing and it's validating to know that these intuitions that I have, that we can all have, these gut feelings are based in science. And especially with this one that we're talking about, how exercise gets the, the brain into a repair mode and excites the neurons to make new connections. It's just cool to know scientifically
1: why that works. Well, you know, I, this is a little off topic, but I, we have to think about our world. as like all of these screens and all this indoor time is such a modern development, and it's not how we would have lived 50 years ago. It's not how we would live 100 years ago. It was not how we would a 1000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. I mean, evolution doesn't happen in 10s of years, decades, it happens in millennia. And we spent all of our world being developed to stare up at the sky at night. And we're so in tune with the sun. And, you know, almost all of the primitive cultures were obsessed with the sky. And, and I think it's because it makes you feel small and it helps you remember that you're just this, like, we are on this crazy little rock with a star that just happened to have the right situations. And I just think it's, I think we were supposed to do that. And we know that, you know, that links in with the science. We know that like the, if we're exposed to like bright lights from a computer screen that mimics, da- that mimics the daytime light. And then your body gets confused. Cause it's like, wait a second, wait, like, it's not, is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Is it daytime? Is it night? Like, it doesn't know what's going on. We were supposed to wake up when the sun comes up and go down when the sun goes, you know, like we were supposed to do these things. And so I, I think your, your mother's intuition, when you tap into that, that's that's evolution. That's what's driving. Of course, you know that because you were evolved to know that. So I just, that you, can, that you can tap into that is just, it's a beautiful thing.
0: All right. So finally, you mentioned diet and how diet affects learning. Talk to us a little bit about this.
1: I know, I know. It's my, <laughs> my least favorite. Um, everyone knows the basics. I think I just like to reiterate in terms of when you're thinking about what you're feeding your child as it sets up for, for their learning day. Um, you know, they need things like in order for them, in order to them to have the right building blocks to build, uh, to make these neurons, we didn't talk about exactly how the neurons talk to each other, but to make the substances that allow the neurons to talk to each other, to build new neurons, to build all of those things. You need B12, omega-3 fatty acids, uh, you need to have these, you know, um, the right nutrients in their diet. Um, if you just feel like that's so overwhelming, there are some decent, you know, vitamins out there. And I know that some people have gone back and forth. It's better to get the nutrients from the food you eat. Your body is much better to be able to process those, but to get those in, um, if you can, that's great. The biggest one that I really wanna talk about, which I think is much more manageable is to just try to have foods in the house um, or before learning. Like if you wanna have these, like maybe after learning, that's fine. Um, but before the learning to have foods that don't drive up inflammation, so inflammation, I know it's like everyone talks about inflammation. Inflammation is, um, what usually happens when you have a cold, right? If you get that like brain fog, you're just like, like, you're sick and you're just like, oh, like you just can't think straight. That's, that's inflammation doing it to you. Now you want inflammation because in a cold situation, cause you've got things to fight, but there's a lot of foods that cause inflammation and it's literally your body reacting kind of an immune reaction. And like an immune response to to those things, and so those are things like processed meat, and not it's not meat, processed meat. So like hot dogs, <laughs> and sugar, artificial um, sweeteners, all that kind of stuff, and refined carbs. So it's the best of your ability to minimize those things on learning days. And I know, I know it's so hard. Um, we have the same the same thing in our household. But just trying to to think about those, and I would be remiss not to mention it because it is really important. And I think you've all probably experienced. your child has not eaten a good rep and doesn't even matter if they eat a good breakfast like um it's if they've had good solid food and some kids are going to want by the way to want to eat later and that's okay like everyone like there's this like breakfast is the most important meal of the day it's not really true and they've actually shown that that's not true but what is important is that when the kid when your child is hungry that they eat things that are going to empower their, empower their bodies and their brain. And it's okay for them to go through periods where they're eating a lot. And then times when they're not eating as much that that's very normal for children. Um, you don't have to feel like you have to finish all your vegetables today. <laughs> that was so the tricky one.
0: <laughs> you did great. And there was no feeling of judgment there. You did a beautiful job. So to wrap up this episode on how to stack the deck for learning, are there any other tips you have for creating an environment for learning that are based in tapping into your physiology?
1: Sure. So I think the one that is, is super simple. Um, and I think everyone can probably do is that your environment. So I think you all know this, like if you so like my yoga studio, for example, they burn this very specific kind of incense. And when I walk in that door, I'm like, I'm in, I'm like, I'm in yoga studio mode, right? You know that you have certain smells or certain sounds that just like, or certain music that just key you into something. And you can, that's, and you can train yourself to that response. That's that Pavlov dog thing where like they ring the bell and the dog salivates. Um, you have that too. Um, and you can use that to your advantage with your children. So um You know, not everybody wants to have like, this is our school room and you don't have to have, this is our school room. If, if your kids want to be all over the house, that's fine, but maybe there's some music that they play. Maybe there's, um, it doesn't have to be incense. Maybe it's a candle that you burn. Maybe it's some things that you do. Um, it can be taste even like here's some water. We always put lemon in our water when we're doing things, but it can be totally specific to your family. But if you have, like, if you want to have like a period of time where you're like, this is, we're going to do school. This is what we're going to do having some of those cues when they're being really focused will help them kind of get in the zone. And you can start with if, if like when they imagine, like if they, you know, have those moments where like magic happens and all of a sudden everybody's really focused. That's the time to like light that candle, (laughs) feel like, all right, I got it this time. And then the next time it happens, do it. And then eventually they will come to associate that with, with that deep, with that deep learning. And and the other thing is is that the more value and meaning you can pres- describe to the work that they're doing, the better. So I mean, ideally we let them follow their interest, but I know we have this conquer period, right? And they have to do this conquer period. So relating it back, I know Prinda has that great little like my future me kind of cute little craft that they do at the beginning. And I think, you know, relating it back to that, um, I think they even talk about that during training, but I wanted to reiterate it because it is a powerful thing. And it's something I talk to my undergraduates about. I'm like, you know, if you can figure out why you're doing this, like if you're having really trying focusing or studying, like remember, remind yourself, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this thing that's hard? That you will be more focused on that as you move forward.
0: You know, Claire, you just wrapped up this episode perfectly because the last component of empowerment is purpose. And I love purpose. I get really excited about purpose because it's asking your students, what is your greater purpose in this, right? Why does this even matter? Why are you doing this? And you know, something that I've been thinking about in this concept of future me is while we do want our students to think about future employment, I want my my students, my kids in particular, to think of themselves beyond just employment. I want them to think of themselves in in the aspect of what qualities do you want to have? What kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to contribute in in your community in whatever capacity that is? And, And how is this learning going to help you get there? So, in other words, it's, it's tying purpose into higher qualities beyond employment. So for example, if my son said, I want to be a doctor, I think that's awesome, but I would, I would suggest to him and, and I'm in, I'm suggesting this to other guides. Uh, again, this is just an offering. You can take it or leave it, but I'm, I'm suggesting a, a, an additional question to that. And that would be Why? why do you want to be a doctor and let's tie your future me into those bigger concepts and perhaps your student says because doctors help people oh awesome so maybe instead of envisioning just you in a white coat perhaps you can envision those people that you're going to help and then all of a sudden we've just moved it up from one level to a much bigger level to a more meaningful level, to a more uh, intrinsically motivating level for
1: your students. I was actually at the playground this this morning talking to someone about that, and she says, what do you like most about homeschooling? And I said, I said that, that, that I could, that I got to talk to my kids and spend time talking about those kinds of things, talking about, um, who do you want to be? Why do you want to be that? You know, on a, such an individual level, and like teaching these like skill sets, like we talked about, like perseverance and all of those kinds of things, through through reiter- you know, reiterating those kinds of things. Like that's that's why we do this, so that we can do, be there and watch them grow and really be them for them. So, hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: As always, thank you for joining us. This series was beautiful. I've learned so much, and we hope to have you back another time. And that wraps up our episode for this week. Just as a reminder to all of our listeners, the opinions and comments shared in this podcast are not the official opinions and comments of Prenda. The purpose of this podcast is to continue an ongoing conversation about education and empowerment. And we're happy to announce that you can find this podcast on Stitcher, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. So be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with those who are also interested in education and empowering students. And if you'd like to continue this conversation with us in person, join our lunch and chat every Thursday at 12 p.m. And if you can't make that not a problem, reach out to us at Family Guides to share with us your thoughts or ideas for future podcast episodes. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next time.